the sound of worship be released from your lips tonight. Welcome to Truth Radio on this Wednesday evening live stream with Pastor Daryl Sparks. It is our prayer this evening that as the word goes forth, that you would turn your house into a place of prayer, into a house of worship. That as the word goes forth, you will allow God's spirit to move into your home and allow him to work in your family. We know you will be blessed by this word this evening, and we thank you for listening to Truth Radio. to praise all of you that are joining us today. Um, so glad that you joined us today. There's a quick verse I want to share with you. Psalms 46, verse number one, it says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. I'm so thankful that in all of this, we have a refuge and we have a strength in Jesus that we can hold on to. Um, something that is for sure, that is a sure foundation that we can hold on to in the midst of chaos. Um, before we get started into our time of worship, we just want to take a few moments and pray over our nation, pray over our church family, um, that God would um, give direction, would help those in leadership to make the right decisions. Um, so if you just take a few moments and pray with us today um, concerning that, Jesus, we come before you. I'm so thankful, Lord, we can put our trust, we can put our confidence in you. Lord God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you touch our church family here at the Palace of Praise, God. Minister to every individual, Lord, young and old, God. Touch each and every marriage, every child, every young person, every adult, every elder. Lord God, I pray that you would bind them together with cords that cannot be broken, God. Bind the families together, Lord, in love and peace, Lord. I pray, God, minister peace into every home right now, God. Minister strength into every home right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord God, you are a refuge and strength, so we turn our eyes to you, God. Our eyes are upon you. Our expectancy is on you, Jesus. Lord, I pray, God, touch every family the palace of praise and minister to them right now. Touch our nation. Touch our president, our vice president. Lord, I pray for every senator, God, every governor, Lord. Help them make wise decisions concerning their states, Lord. God, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, help them to make the right decisions. Lord, we get to put this all to you in confidence and hope, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. Worship with us as we sing today in Jesus' name. Who is like you, Lord, in all the earth? Matchless love and beauty and endless worth. Nothing this world will satisfy me, cause Jesus, you're the cup that won't run dry, hallelujah, Jesus, you're the cup that won't run dry, cause your presence is him today if you know that your presence oh is heaven to me hallelujah Jesus all my days on earth I will await the moment that I see you face to face Nothing in this world will satisfy me. Cause Jesus, you're the cup that won't run dry. Hallelujah, we sing today. Jesus, you're the cup that won't run dry. All we need is your presence today. Your presence is heaven to me. Today, hallelujah, we need you today, God. Your presence is heaven to me. Sing the chorus again, worship Him. 
today we worship you, God. Your presence is heaven. To me, in your presence, I find peace and joy today, God. Hallelujah. Oh, your presence is heaven. To me. There's nothing worth more that could ever come close. There's no thing that compares for your our living hope. Your presence, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. For I've tasted sweetest of loves where my heart becomes free and my shame is undone anybody found that to be true today hallelujah your presence Lord hallelujah so as an anthem we declare God Holy Spirit you are Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence, Lord, Holy Spirit, you're so welcome in this place, God, just come flood this place and fill the atmosphere, your glory. God is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence, Lord. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Oh, let us become more aware of your presence let us experience the glory let it be an anthem ring in your living room today let us become more aware hallelujah can you feel it where you are hallelujah can you worship him as you feel his presence sweep across in your living room today magnify the Lord today let us exalt his name together I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears today hallelujah we sing holy spirit you are welcome here come flood this place and fill the atmosphere your glory God is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence, Lord. Can you worship him right now? His presence is moving. His presence is sweeping across every room right now. Extend your hands towards him right now. Say, Jesus, all I need is your presence today. I long for you, God. My soul longs for you today. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord, everyone. Again, we welcome you on this Wednesday evening to our Bible study at the Palace of Praise. And... Uh, glad to report that everybody is that I have been in contact with is doing well and uh, no one has had any major sicknesses in their body I know we're all got cabin fever and those things but thank God we're all doing well uh, a couple things I'd like to do is first of all I'd like to have a little clarification because I mentioned on the last one that our governor has not set a definite date 
um, and when she's going to end this. And some people have mentioned, yes, she did, but I want to clarify, the governor of our state has actually made three executive orders, three of them, and two of them were getting confused. One of them is 20-03, which is a declaration of state of emergency, and that's the one she extended until July the 6th. And there's another one, 20-12, that's the stay home, stay uh, save lives, and she's put no end date on this, that order there. So we're getting kind of confused with the two of those, uh, but as at this point, she has just said she's gonna wait and see when she's going to open it up. So I thought I needed to say that because some people are, were feeling just a little bit depressed that it would be all the way to July the 6th. I'm praying that, uh, God will uh, some kind of, some way kind of nudge her on toward letting us get together a lot sooner than that. I sure hope so. i uh, remind you that this Sunday is Mother's Day, so uh, that'll be a special time. Wish we could all be together for that, but uh, it's just not possible. I want to draw your attention to Isaiah 43. We're going to look at the entire chapter uh, during this Bible study and message tonight. Uh, Isaiah 43, but I want to start with two verses of Scripture in Isaiah today. I want to say that uh, I'm so thankful for all of you at the Palace of Praise. I was thinking about that message I preached on Sunday, Expectancy, and it, uh, I tell you, it wore me out. And uh, I kind of determined I th what it was. It was this. When I preach to you fine folks at the Palace of Praise, you guys give me a break because you always interrupt me with your amens and your worshiping God, and that gives me a chance then to take a break and catch my breath. Unfortunately, none of you were here to interrupt me on a regular basis, so there was no interruption, so I've got no breaks on that. So I realize I really am thankful for the Palace of Praise. I, um, um, preaching where there's no one responding is kind of like some of the revivals I preached a few years ago in some churches, but we won't go there. Drawing your attention to Isaiah 43 and 1, it says, but look at this, but now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. When, when thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. My title tonight is only going to be one word, yet that word was used three times in this verse number two that we just read. And it may be only one word, and it may only contain seven little letters, but it is a powerful word, and it has a powerful meaning as I'm going to connect it to the Word of God and our walk with God. And that word is through. And tonight, I just want to preach on the subject of through. I want to begin by making this statement. We live in a world that wants to go to the promised land without going through the Red Sea. 1 Corinthians 10 and 1 says, Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant how that all our fathers went under the cloud and all passed through the sea. All passed through the sea. But through is required by God. It's not about starting the race, but it's about you running completely around the track, going completely through the entire course and getting to the finish line that's really going to matter. See, there's no promised land without a Red Sea. There's no Calvary without a Gethsemane. There's no Mount Carmel without a drought, a famine, or, or Seraphath. There's no heaven until you go through this life. And I'm preaching about through. The Red Sea, Gethsemane, the drought, the famine, and even this life were and are all part of the process. God didn't leave the children of Israel in Egypt. Neither did he leave them in the middle of the Red Sea. He didn't say, okay, Moses, I want you to part the Red Sea. And then when they started walking through, he said, aha, fooled you. And all the waters come in and drown them. God didn't do that. 
God wasn't pulling a joke on them at all. Now for Pharaoh, yeah, he pulled a joke on them because he likes to destroy the enemy that wants to destroy us, but not the children of Israel. God didn't leave the children of Israel in the wilderness. He didn't leave Elijah by the brook or in Seraphath, church. Thus, God isn't going to leave you in the middle of your present situation. This thing is not going to last forever, and God's not going to leave you in your present situation. God is a God who takes us through. Everybody say through. Look at this ver the verse 2 again. When thou passest through the waters. I think a key word in that verse is that word when. It is certain that you will go through some things. I mean, it, it, you're, it, it's a promise from God. You're going to go through some things. The writer makes it very clear that these paths and these obstacles are part of the course of life. See, your troubles may change from day to day. Water's today, fire tomorrow. But it's a part of the course that we must walk. There's this natural fear of hardships and, and, and afflictions. And I'm telling you, I, I, none of us like it. None of us like it at all. There's no sin involved. We simply want to avoid them. And I believe everybody can say an amen to that. See, the psalmist said in, in Psalm 23 and 4, he said, Yea, though I walk through. Everybody say through. Through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thus, my favorite word in that passage, I would say, is through. Because I don't like the valley, but I have hope knowing that I'm just passing through this thing. You know, it doesn't matter what situation you're really going through. You need to always keep in perspective that we are just passing through. We're pilgrims here, folks. This is not our destination. We're just passing through. Here's the definition for through. I thought this was so interesting. I just wrote down the first two definitions that I found, and I thought it was interesting. Here's the definition. The first one says, continuing in time toward completion of a process or a, or a period. Now then, here's the second one. Moving in one side and out the other side. Moving in one side and out the other side. Would you just kind of maybe repeat that definition with me? Moving in one side and out the other side. Let's say it again. Moving in one side and out the other side. We read in Isaiah 43, 1 and 2, and this is an example of who our God is. See, there, that is the first verses of Isaiah 43. But I want to read you the last two verses of Isaiah 42. Now, you have to realize that the translators decided where they were going to have the breaks in the chapters. So when Isaiah was writing, he didn't write. Now, this is chapter 42, verse 24 and 25, and now I want to start a new chapter, chapter 43. The translators divided it by chapters so that we could, number one, find them, and number two is it would give us a better understanding of what's going on. So let me read you the last two verses of Isaiah 42. It says, Who gave Jacob for a spoil in Israel to the robbers? Question. Did not the Lord? He against whom we have sinned? For they would not walk in his way, neither were they obedient unto his law. Therefore he hath poured upon him the fury of his anger and the strength of battle, and it hath set him on fire round about, yet he knew not, and it burned him, yet he laid it not to heart. See, Israel has sinned in this portion of Scripture, and they would not obey God. The, again, the verse said, that phrase, for they would not walk in his ways, neither were they obedient unto his law. Again, same old story. It's just another chapter in the history of Israel, just another day in the history of Israel. So you would assume that God is ticked off at them at this point again. And, and you, as you look at some of the history of Israel up to this point, you know someone's about to die, or at least someone's about to suffer. So get ready for it. Here it comes. There's a bolt of lightning coming down of heaven. There's about to go meet some thunder. Our ground's going to open up and swallow someone up. Something is about to happen. Bad for somebody. 
Now let's read our scripture text now. Isaiah 43 and verse 1. But now, but now, it shows us he's connecting to just what was just said. But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not. For I have redeemed thee, I have called thee by name, thou art mine. God promises to magnify his mercy toward them and treating them well. They don't deserve it. They've done wrong. What a merciful God we serve, church. See, too many people misjudge God or judge him too harshly. And many, many of us have heard individuals when we try to witness them, well, I couldn't serve a God that treats people that way, or I couldn't serve a God that does this to people. I can't serve God that has done this to me in my life. The reason why is because they judge God only as a God of the end, I end. Hear me. Their view of God is based on the situation they are in or were in. Instead of viewing God as a God of through, they establish their opinion of God in their situation, which affects them going through their situation. And some people never get over their situation because they've never really completely mentally and physically gone through their situation. They're always stuck in their situation. They go through abuses instead of going through it coming out the other side, they stay in it and stay in their situation. But God is a God of through. God doesn't want us to stay in our situations forever. God wants to help us go through our situations. If you've gone through difficult situations, if you've been abused in your life, if you've had people do things to you, you need to make up your mind that you're going to follow a God of through instead of staying in your present situation. Look at our God. God starts with the fact that he created them. Now, why would God want to destroy or abandon something? He took the time to create it. The Bible says he formed us with his hand. He breathed into us the breath of life. So why would a God that took that much time and spent that much time on every one of us just want to destroy us? Then another phrase he said is, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. Or here's what he's saying. That word redeem here is this. I paid the price for you. I made an investment in you. That's what Calvary's all about. That's the reason why he came to this earth and wrapped himself in flesh. It was about making that investment. Bethlehem was not the destination. He was just passing through Bethlehem. Why? Because he was headed to Calvary, folks. But the tomb wasn't the destination. He was just going through the tomb. Why? So he could bring us salvation. Now, how many of you would buy a new watch and you'd take it home, put it on a table and beat, the, beat it to death with a hammer? You would not do that. You wouldn't destroy what you have just invested money to buy. God said, I have called thee by name, thou art mine. Everybody say, thou art mine. See, we're talking about the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Now, if President Trump was to call you by your first name, you would feel much honored to be on a first-name basis with the President of the United States of America. But I've got good news for you. God knows you by name. God knows his people. The shepherd knows his sheep, and he knows them by name. See, when he ends this verse... Here in, in verse 1 of, of Isaiah 43, he used the statement, Thou art mine. I don't know about you, but I'd rather have God claim me as his own than anybody else on the face of this world. Just to have God say, Thou art mine. So if you feel like everybody is rejecting you, let me tell you something. God made you by hand. He breathed into you the breath of life. He's redeemed you, and yet you may say, I haven't cashed in on that redemption yet. Maybe you haven't followed through the plan of salvation, but he did it for you anyway. And I'm here to tell you, God is looking at you. Whatever your condition is, whatever your sin is, remember, look at the last two verses of chapter 42. It said what? They were a mess. Yet he looks at them in the latter part of this verse and says, Thou art mine. Now... Verse 1 makes it clear God has no intention of destroying them or destroying you. 
Here's a fact that's very clear in this passage of Scripture. Even when you make mistakes and might even sin, the mercy of God will see you through. Everybody say through. <coughs> through. Now, our human minds struggle to try to process the reasoning of God. We have problems processing how God operates. So people who question God's love or His motives about the hardships they go through don't understand really the love of God because the love of God is not like our human love. We have limitations on our human love. And we'll only love if people love us at times, but God loves when they never loved Him. When folks didn't even know Him, He loved them. See, there are two elements referred to in our Scripture text, fire and water are used quite often in the Bible, and they represent trouble and calamity oftentimes. And they used for quite a few other things they represent, but that's two things they are, they are used. They both signify a different effect when they come, too. See, the waters can overwhelm us. We use the saying, I feel like I'm drowning in this situation. Has anybody that has done that? I, I, I believe we can all say we feel overwhelmed right now by this virus and cabin fever and everything because we're all in this same situation. It's like we're drowning in this thing. And another thing is the fire, and the fire can consume us. I know that many of us have felt overwhelmed the last few weeks and overwhelmed by this pandemic, and some have been consumed with anxiety because of the unknown. Those feelings don't make you a bad person. It simply means you are human. You're just like everyone else. Your pastor here at the Palace of Praise, during this time, I felt overwhelmed with things. What can we do? How are we going to be able to get the church back open? How are people doing without being able to come to the house of God? What can I do to help them? My hand's tied behind me. I'm like I'm feeling I'm in a fight and both hands tied behind me. I just don't know. I can't change anything. I don't have the power to change anything. And so at times I feel overwhelmed by all of this. Can I ask you this question? Are you or I greater than some of the great characters found in the Word of God. Think about this. Abraham felt overwhelmed in Genesis 18. He felt like he was overwhelmed. Moses, God gives him this responsibility to oversee all the children of Israel. And when you look at uh, Numbers chapter 11, I believe it's verse number 11, you'll find out where this is how, this is how Moses viewed the responsibilities that God had given to him. He said, they're an affliction from God. <laughs> The reason why is because he felt so overwhelmed. That's when his father-in-law, Jethro, stepped in and gave him some advice. How about Elijah? Everybody ever heard of Elijah? Yeah, Elijah. Yeah, in chapter 18, he was up on Mount Carmel, calling down fire out of heaven, killing all the prophets of Baal, and telling everybody what was going to happen. And then in chapter 19, he wants to die. I think he might may have felt just a little overwhelmed, just a little bit. What do you think? How about Jonah? If you look at Jonah chapter 4 and the first three verses of Jonah chapter 4, you know what you're going to find about Jonah? Yes, the man that preached, the man who brought a revival to the city. That verse of Scripture says, Jonah said, God, I want to die because I knew you were going to do this. <laughs> and he just wants to die because God did exactly what he went and preached. He wanted to die. Now look at what Job said. Job said this in Job 3 and 11. He said, why died I not from the womb? He's asking a question. Why did I not give up the ghost when I came out of the belly? <laughs> what he's saying, I think he's overwhelmed. What do you think? I think he's just a little overwhelmed, but I think rightfully so he's overwhelmed, and rightfully so many of us are overwhelmed. But you know what is so interesting about this uh, this man that is overwhelmed, this man that feels like, man, life needs to come to an end, this is what God said about him. He's a righteous man, and there's none like a him in all the earth. So even a man that God said, quote, unquote, is a righteous man, and there's none like a him in all the world, was overwhelmed at a time in his life. Now here's you one. How about the Son of Man, even Jesus Christ? 
Remember, he was flesh. He was almighty God wrapped in flesh. But folks, they wasn't seeing the spirit of God when he was walking around. They were seeing the flesh of the man. And in Mark 14, 34 through 36, you'll find out that man said, I'm overwhelmed. I'm in anguish of spirit. I've got to find somewhere and, and pray. Tone asked you, are we greater than Job? Are we greater than Moses? Are we greater than Elijah? Are we greater than Abraham? Are we greater than Jesus Christ? The answer is absolutely we are not greater than any of them. Another one that comes to mind is Jeremiah. Uh, there's two verses of scripture that kind of show us a little insight. Poor Jeremiah, he was called the weeping prophet. I, most of us have not been sitting around weeping every day for for, for all of this six or seven weeks. I know some of you have probably been weeping. Some of that's been weeping because you've been hearing me preach. But uh, besides that, he was called, the guy that was, Lamentations was a book because he, he was a man that he said, I wish my eyes were just well so they can just uh, cry all the time. And he did. Jeremiah twenty fourteen says this, Cursed be the day with, wherein I was born. Let not the day wherein my mother bear me be blessed. I think he's overwhelmed. What do you think? I think maybe there's just a few things piling on him and he's having problems handling this. You drop down into verse 18 of Jeremiah 20. Verse 18 of Jeremiah 20, and you find these words just a few verses after. In Jeremiah 20, 18, it says this, Wherefore came I forth out of the womb to see labor and sorrow? That's all I am seeing is a whole bunch of work and sorrow that my days should be consumed with shame. I think it is safe to assume that he felt overwhelmed. Can you say amen to that? But look at this verse, written by the same man. Written by the same man, but the key is just another time. He writes this in Jeremiah 29 and verse number 11. Looking at verse 11 of Jeremiah 29, you find this, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you. Now look what he said, saith the Lord. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. You know what that verse is saying? Jeremiah got God's perspective. Jeremiah got God's perspective. Here's the problem. Too often times we get tunnel vision because we can't see how we can go through the tunnel. Sometimes we can't even see a light at the end of the tunnel. All we know is we are in the middle of the tunnel. We look to each side and there's walls. We look above us and there's a ceiling of stone. Everywhere we look, there's nothing but hindrances of us going right, left, or anywhere. We can't go up, now we can't go anywhere. We're just stuck in a tunnel. But Jeremiah got the perspective from God's side. And when he got God's perspective, he found out that God says, for I know the thoughts that I think toward. This is God saying, I'm thinking these toward you. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. The best part is the latter part of that verse for an expected end. I sound, I, I, it sounds like me that Jeremiah, by this point, had made it through some things and he had got past what he was battling, Jeremiah chapter 20. Now look at the context. This is beautiful. The context of this verse is what I love. Because if you look at the verse right before the one we read, this is what it says. Thus saith the Lord, that after 70 years be accomplished or finished, after 70 years be accomplished or finished at Babylon, I'm going to visit you and perform my good word toward you in causing you to return to this place. They were in Babylon for 70 years, but God started with a through plan. Everybody say the through plan. God started with a through plan, and it's found in that verse number 11 where he said, I am going to give you an expected end. The reason why he had an expected end is because he had a through plan. God never intended for the children of Israel to have a permanent residency in Babylon, in one side and out the other side. 
He said, I'm going to take you into Babylon, but the expected end is I'm going to take you out of Babylon. He had a through plan, church, just like he had a through plan through the Red Sea, not to go to the middle of the sea and let the waters crash on them. God has a through plan for everybody who's hearing my voice today. I don't care how dark the tunnel may be or how bad situation you're going through right now. I have a God that has a plan that is the through plan. I have a plan that God wants you to take you through a lot of stuff, folks. Can somebody say amen to that? We are always going through difficult times. That's life. There's a psalm that I read that was enlightening and very encouraging to me. And I know maybe I'm taking a little time here today, but if I was teaching tonight on a Wednesday night Bible study, I would have given you handouts and all of those things. And so I give you lots of verses. And so I'm doing that more tonight. Psalm 124. Psalm 124. And it's a short psalm, but we're going to look at all of those verses there. And again, you're getting your money's worth today. So I hope you will endure. You know, I know you're probably sitting there in your living room with your coffee in your hand. So it's a little easier than the palace of praise. We don't allow you to have coffee in the sanctuary. So I'm sure you're feeling a little better right now about all of that. I know my sons would love to have coffee right now. So Psalm 24, I heard an amen right there. Psalm 124 and verse 3 says this, Then they had swallowed us up quick. For they had swallowed us up quick. When their wrath was kindled against us, then the waters, here we go, had overwhelmed us. The stream had gone over our soul. Then the proud waters, what that means there when it says proud water, it means the waves of the water. The waves of the water. This is something I might insert right here. That word waters there, I was so shocked when I looked up that, that word because I thought, man, there's got to be a lots in there. And I looked up and it said waves of water, but this is what's so interesting. It, what it says is literally waves of waste water. Then the proud waters or the waves of waste water have gone over my soul. How many of you feel like sometimes you're bathing in sewer water. It just seems like everything that's coming your way is trash and of no value. And we won't give you a visual there, but it seems like we're being overwhelmed with just junk. The stream has gone over my soul. To have a better understanding, I believe, of that scripture there, I've got to answer this question. And that is, what's a stream? Now, I looked up the definition, and these are the three words I found as the definition of stream. It's a small, narrow river. Or, or let me elaborate on that word stream. Webster Dictionary uses an adjective that gives us kind of a good visual here. And the, the word, that adjective he used was this, narrow, which means a very tight place. The streams are often found, oftentimes, it kind of at the bottom of two inclines where they're coming in. It's kind of the, can I put it this way, the low point because that's reason where the water ends up, that's where the stream ends up, is at the low point or in a narrow place. This is what he was referring to as overflowing his soul. I know how I, I know that I have, and I'm sure that you have felt this, and that's feel like in this cabin fever that the walls are closing in on me. It feels like the world is becoming just this little room that we're staying in, the little house we're staying in, this little area that we're... I, I kind of feel like my dog Deacon from years ago. We kept him in a little bitty pen, and he had a little hall, a house that was maybe three feet by three feet. I kind of feel like Deacon right there. I'm kind of hemmed in and can't go anywhere. That's the reason why he was always trying to dig out, I think, or jump over the fence. Is because he wanted to break out. I know some of us are feeling right now, the walls are moving in on us. We feel like everything is moving in on us. And, you, and I know that some of us, he said the streams are overflowing my soul. I know some of you feel like you're at a very low point right now because that's where the streams always collect, at the low point. They, you don't have the streams collected up on the side of the mountain. You have it collecting down here where there is a low point or a valley you're going through. But see, I'm thankful for this. I'm glad that the psalmist didn't stop when he got to verse number five. I'm thankful that he 
gave us verse number six, seven, and eight. But look at this. Verse six says, Blessed be the Lord who hath not given us as a prey to their teeth. Our soul is escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we are escaped. And verse eight says, Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Our Help is in the name of the Lord. Does anybody know what the name of our Lord is? Jesus. Somebody at home there, you need to say in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. It is our help during these difficult times. When we're feeling overwhelmed, I, I said this the other day. I was teaching for Purpose Institute the other night on a Friday night. It was three hours of class time there and I didn't really get finished because I just felt like the move of the Holy Ghost to minister there. But in that thing, I was relating to them back to the story of when I went through that tumor that I had and went through that difficult time. And I guarantee at times I literally felt like I was drowning and I was overwhelmed. And I'm the kind of person I keep things to myself. I was just talking to someone this week and they were saying, I hope you're not offended at me for this, this, and this. And I said, no, I'm not offended. I understand what you're going through and you're, and you're kind of like me. You like to kind of be by yourself when you're going through those things. I'm not sure that's the best thing, but that's how I'm made up in my personality. So I wasn't sharing a lots of things with the church. I was just walking through this thing by myself. But I remember sitting in that living room, and I've said this many times, and grabbing that Bible in my hands and rocking back and forth in that rocking chair and just saying, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Why? Because our help is in the name of the Lord. And other when times you feel like you're being overwhelmed, you may need to just find a place and begin to just say, in Jesus' name. I can show you places in the Bible where people didn't know how to pray. They didn't know what words to say. But all they could do was call on the name of Jesus because all power in heaven is given in the name of Jesus. When we read these verses of scriptures, you may ask the same questions that come to my mind when I was studying for this lesson tonight. Here's some questions that started popping in my mind. Why why do God's people need to be rescued from the teeth of the prey? Why? Why do we need to be protected or rescued from the stream and rescued from being drowned? Why does God have to be a lifeguard? Why do we need to be snatched from the snare of the fowler? Why, why, why? Why doesn't God just destroy the thing that's praying after us? I, to me, that seems like that's a better option right there. Is God just kill it? Why doesn't God just dam up the stream and stop the flow of the water that's overflowing us or overwhelming us? But that's not God's way. God is a God of through. God is a God of through, folks. God could have miraculously moved the children of Israel from one side of the Red Sea to the other side. He could have just said, Moses, instead of stretching your rod out over the river, just stretch it out toward my people, and I will just move them from one side to the other side. But God didn't choose that way because God is a God of through. can show you character after character in the Bible where God took them through instead of taking them around things. That's the reason why God took them up one side of the Red Sea instead of the other one, because God wanted to take them through the Red Sea. God gives us an example in nature. We recently uh, was trimming some of the bushes here, one of the boys, and, it, and when you look at those things, you think it's killing them. But now you should see them growing. See, pruning was needed for growth. If you're going to build up your body and you're going to be a bodybuilder and you're going to build up your muscles, you know what, how you get that? Resistance. For resistance brings strength, folks. See, the battle separates the cowards from the brave because everybody can be, say they're brave. <laughs> and then when the bullets start flying, you find out who's brave and who's the coward. See, it's God's way because God is a God of through. Everybody say through. That's the reason why Paul said this, I press toward the mark. See, my objective is not to start this race. My objective is not just begin living for God. My objective is to go through this life 
and press toward that mark until I reach that mark. None of us start just so we can say, well, I started toward Home Depot. No, we start toward Home Depot because we are going to go through and make it all the way to Home Depot. God, why didn't you just stop this pandemic before it got going? And I think that's a fair question. Why, why didn't you just, God, you could, would, you could with just one word of your mouth, you have all power. You could say, this pandemic is over, and it'd be done. He did it in the Old Testament. He sent plagues among them, and in one moment of time, boom, the plague was gone. Because that's the power of God. He has the ability. But God's doing something great in the through. God is doing something great through this pandemic that could not have been done without this pandemic. You know what? Every one of us has been woke up. Every one of us has a different way we think now. And that's a fair question to ask God, why didn't you stop this thing? And I know people are confused. I've had people at the Palace of Praise ask me, well, Pastor, why isn't God just answering our prayers and, prayers and stopping this? Because it's in God's time. Jeremiah, what's going on? But then just a few chapters later, he's seeing things from God's perspective. When we come out of this, I believe the church is going to look around and say, now that was what God was doing because we'll see God's perspective, but we can't right now. See, we don't have clear view in the tunnel. We get clear view when we come out of the tunnel. You can't see well in the tunnel. Things are dark, limited view. But when you come out of the tunnel, you can see things differently because you've gone through the tunnel. There are things I went through I never understand, and still there's some things I still don't understand, but there are some things I went through when I got to the other side. Clear understanding. See, I was just talking to a minister yesterday. And he told me that he's been off work now for six weeks. And he said that his job is very stressful, very demanding. He has to get up really early in the morning. It's been really hard on him and for his family. And he said, I've been sleeping in till 7 a.m. every day. <laughs> and, and to some, they're saying, wait, that's not sleeping in. But to him, that's sleeping in. He said, I get up at 4 in the morning. I've been able to sleep until 7 o'clock. He said, I didn't realize how exhausted I really was from life. He said, I feel like I'm thinking more clearly and I'm, I'm thinking sharper than I've ever thought before. So for him, this pandemic has been a revelation of how his work is affecting him mentally and physically. Something he would have never discovered without going through this pandemic. Without it, he would have thought, this is just the way it is. I'm getting older, this thing is. But this thing has brought a new realization to him of how things are affecting him. I, I was conversing with a very precious saint of God this week, and I was so glad to be able to get to talk to them. And uh, they were sharing some of their ex experience from the last few weeks of this pandemic. Experience that would have never happened without this pandemic. They said they felt like their family is getting closer to God. There's an openness in their family for truth. They've been able to openly discuss God and biblical doctrines. And this person's faith is really high right now. They said, man, I feel like I'm on cloud nine. My faith is really high. Something that would not have happened without going through this pandemic. So even though we say, okay, God, why do we have to go through this? The reality is we're going to have to wait until we get through it so we can really probably see God's perspective of the why. So while some of us have been overwhelmed by this pandemic and some have been spiritually awakened by the very same waters. Do you hear me? Why some of us have been overwhelmed by these waters of the pandemic at the very same time I've had people tell me, Man, I believe God has used these waters to move me to, a, to some other things. See, some people have felt that they've been pushed down and they feel like they've been drowning in things. And others have said, I feel like I'm moving to a different place. I feel like I'm moving to deeper waters. It's been these streams. It's been these waters that have overwhelmed us, it seems at times, that is moving us closer to where God wants us to move. So for that, I say thank God for this pandemic. Thank God for this because it's helping us, even though we feel overwhelmed. We're getting stronger as a church. We're getting stronger as individuals. I believe we're getting stronger as an apostolic movement. I believe, can I just say this? I believe some things are being pruned. 
pruned in a lots of way, pruned out of our life, pruned out of the churches that needed to be pruned out of the church, refocusing the church, refocusing our life. And all of these things is because of what we're going through. We are a different people at the Palace of Praise. When we come back, we are going to view things different. So this pandemic has had a different effect on all of us. And you say amen to that because it has. I don't believe there's hardly anybody who hasn't been affected and changed by this pandemic. I don't believe we will ever be the same in the United States, American, in this world. And I don't think we'll ever be the same at the Palace of Praise. I don't think we will ever think the same or take things for granted. But the reality is the only way you can benefit from this is first go through it. You can't benefit unless you go through it. Look at how people were affected who lived through the Great Depression. My grandmother, she's 99 years old, and she's not doing well right now as far as her health, but she's an outstanding lady, and when she could, she, just, she used to just sit and listen to preaching tapes and read her Bible through and through and through, and I thank God for her. But she won't waste anything. She keeps all of the leftovers to eat. I don't like leftovers. I know some people do, and more power to you, but she doesn't like leftovers at all. But she saves things in a plastic bag, and, and, and she doesn't want to throw anything away. But here's the thing. The Great Depression was 90 years ago. But it had a lasting effect. I remember uh, other relatives of mine, we would make the statement, well, they went through the Great Depression, and that's the reason why they're that way. Some people go, well, they went through World War I, or they went through World War II, and that's why they act that way. What they were saying is because they went through that, that situation or what they went through had a lasting effect on them. I believe this pandemic will not only have a long-term economical but also a psychological effect us on, and more importantly, I believe a spiritual effect on us because of what we have gone through. Somebody say gone through. I believe we'll have a greater appreciation of the house of God like David had. Man, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of God. Why are you going to say that like you have never said it before and mean it, really mean it? is because of what you've gone through through this pandemic. When you walk into the house of God, you're not just going to shake hands and say, I hope the preacher preaches this 10 minutes and gets me out of here. I hope the worship leader don't sing more than one song, if two, the max. And I hope everybody will just leave me alone and I don't have to shake many people's hands. You know why our perspective's going to change? It's because of what we've been going through. Because God is a God that takes us through things. See, again, I can't begin to answer the why question. Only eternity will tell. But I can concur with David in Psalm 124. So I wrap up this message. I'm going back to that Psalm 124. I know we started with our verse there in Isaiah 43, and three times in verse 2 it said, I'm going to take you through. I'm going to take you through. I'm going to take you through because we got a God that takes us through. I read you verses 3 all the way down to verse 8 of Psalm 124. But I skipped, intentionally skipped over verse 1 and 2 because 1 and 2 is really the message today. And it's a message I want you to get in your mind. We have a God that's going to take us through this situation. You may be fighting anxiety right now in your mind and in your spirit. You may be battling and saying, why God is... Have I lost my job? And God, why have you let us go through this situation that we're struggling financially? And God, why have you cut me off from everybody? And I feel like I'm all alone at this time. But Psalm 124 and 1, it's a song of degrees of David, and it says this, If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, now may Israel say, he doesn't just stop there, verse 1, then he says, now may Israel say, David is saying this, I'm making this declaration from me personally as the leader here, and I'm saying if it had not been the Lord who was on our side. Now then, Israel, you need to say the same thing. If it had not been, in verse 2, the Lord who was on our side, 
When men rose up against us, then go now read verse 3 and 4 and 5 and 6 and 7 and 8. And it makes a lot of sense there. Look at the sentence he repeated. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side. I can proclaim to each and every one of you the leader, folks. I would not have made it at the pa as the pastor of the palace of praise. Oh, you're the, you're the leader and everything. If it had not been for the Lord who was on my side. And I believe it needs to be a word that is being uh, declared in every living room and every dining room and every car and every place that you hear this message. When you get to the end of this message, I want you to be able to declare this because it needs to be declared. And it needs to be more than just declared. It needs to be believed. Well, Pastor, why? 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 That's, you don't have to dwell long on the why because you will never figure some things out because God's not going to give us the answer of why. We may never know until eternity the why. I don't know why. I don't know if it's the why is because God is needing to put things in place in regards to nations on the face of this world so he can bring this world to an end. I don't have no clue, but we may find out here really soon. Maybe to bring nations so that they don't just come together, but maybe this thing causes friction between them to bring about God's end. I have no clue of what it is. But this one thing I know, God is going to take us through because He's a God of through. Can everybody say a God of through? Not through with you, but a God that can take you through any situation. I don't know what's going on in this world, but I know this one thing. If I die tomorrow, i got a God that's going to take me through even the very door of death that I'm going to walk on streets of go. So wherever you may be, I am declaring if it had not been the Lord who was on our side. And I would like for you to repeat that statement with me because the saints of the Most High God, backsliders who may be hearing this, anybody who is, is here, I'm not here to tell you, you may say, well, I'm not really following God right now. I'm going to tell you what, you couldn't make it through without God. God's the one who's keeping this whole thing from not blowing up and, and keeping anarchy from happening. It's God and the prayers of a, the people of God who is helping us at this time. So would you just repeat with me that phrase? If it had not been the Lord who was on our side. Would you repeat this? And I'll just say three words and three or four words and you repeat them. If it had not been. The Lord who was on our side. So all I can say to you is this. When you feel overwhelmed, don't focus on the N or the I-N. Don't focus on the N or the I-N. Focus on the N, E-N-D, an expected N. Focus on the through. Here's a little saying, on particularly rough days, when I'm sure I can't possibly endure, I remind myself that my track record for getting through bad days so far is 100%, and that's pretty good. Remind yourself, you've gone through some other difficult times, but you made it through. And if you made it through, then you're at 100%. That's a good batting average. And if he took me through then, I can show you verses in the script, if he took me through there, he can take me through now. Because God is on our side. God will take us through. Can somebody shout amen wherever you may be? Romans 8 and 31. Paul declared this to the church in Rome. What shall we say then to these things? What can I say to this pandemic? What can I say from all of these things that are going on in my life? This is what I can say. If God be for us. Who can be against us? Or let me put it another way. If God's on my side, who's going to stop me from going through and making it to the other side? There's some precious saints of God that did not make it through it physically. And God seemed fit for whatever reason. And again, I don't know the answers to take them. And they physically did not go through this. But guess what? God has taken them through it because he's taken them into a better place. Their fight's over. Their battle is over. Next thing they're going to hear is, well done, thou good and faithful servant. So in that, God has taken them through. So all I can say is, I made up my mind, I'm 
going through. Can you repeat that with me? I'm going through. Let's say it one more time. I'm going through. Why, Pastor? Because we have a God of through who can take us through. So I close this today. I would like for us to take a moment and just pray. I know some have been expressing to me some of their struggles and battles during this time, and that is just understandable that we go through things and we struggle with things, but God is able to take you through this situation and keep you. And someday, that executive order will end. Someday, we'll all walk back in those doors. We'll get to shake hands with those greeters and see their smile and see them, and we're going to be able to see those head, those ushers, and, and we'll be able to smile at them and shake their hand and hug their necks, and we'll be able to go into the sanctuary. Some of the songs you may have not really even enjoyed. <laughs> well, that's not one of my favorite songs. You're not going to really care about that. You're just going to be happy to be able to sing in the house of God because God took you through. You're going to be happy. That's when David said that. It's after he'd gone through the thing. I'm glad to be in the house of God. Could we pray? Ask God to help us and help those other ones at the palace of praise that are going through things. God, again, today, Lord, we are so thankful for the privilege, God, to be able to serve you. We're thankful, God, that you're a God that takes us through difficult situations. And God, I pray, Lord, for every individual, God, at the Palace of Praise, backsliders, individuals, Lord, that are going through difficult times. God, I've given a word today, Lord, that's straight from the word of God and from your promises. God, you're a God of through. You're going to take us through this. I have confidence in you, God. I understand my weaknesses, but I clearly understand the strength that is in you today. I pray, God, that you would encourage someone today with this message, Lord. Help them, God, to realize, Lord, you're not just sending them through this situation, but you're walking with them through this situation, God. And Lord, strengthen each and every one of them, Lord. Strengthen their mind. Put a hedge of protection about their minds and their home. Keep them, Lord, I pray, God, from the attack of the enemy, Lord. Keep them until we can come together again in the house of God, Lord Jesus. We'll give you all the praise and the glory and the honor. Thank you, Jesus. As I was preparing this message, I thought of that song, and I'm not going to try to sing it today. That song we used to sing right here. We're doing this recording here in our first sanctuary, and this is where the children have their thing at, and I'm glad that we can do it because I didn't want to do it in the, in the, in the main sanctuary because it's just so large. Maybe we might try that on Sunday. Who knows? But it's just so large. But I remember Brother Frank Farina. He was our song leader, and I remember him walking up that pulpit, big guy, 6'2", probably 250, 260. He'd slap the side of that pulpit when he would sing and he'd sing that song I'm going through yes I'm going through I'm going through yes I'm going through I believe that really needs to be our song at this time I'm going through yes I'm going through I've made up my mind I am going through so there gives you a song that maybe you want to look up it's so interesting the writer of that song he wrote over a thousand songs. One hundred of them were copyrighted, but he wrote over a thousand songs. It's been said by Riley's Believe It or Not that he wrote seven songs in one hour. Seven songs in one hour. But they say lots of the songs were things that he went through that gave him the words to be able to sing. So who knows? Maybe the things you're going through right now is going to give you a song. I'm not sure I'm going to give you an opportunity to get on platform and sing it but you can have a song in your heart anyway. God bless you. Until we get to meet again, we love and appreciate you. In Jesus' name. We just want you.